Hey, Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Oh, gosh, no. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Hello, and welcome to the Hostile Work Environment. We are here for episode one, uh, and we're going to talk about some cases, and we're going to talk about some listener stories, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, I have Kate here. Hi, Kate. Hi. It's so cool to just start in, and everybody knows that it's you now. Yes, I'm excited. The veil has been removed. The veil has been removed. That was a hard secret to keep. I think a few people figured it out beforehand. Yeah. Um, so as we record this, actually, we just went live with episode zero. And um, so you have just been revealed in our time about an hour or two ago. Uh, how's it going? How how has your reaction been? It's been great. I mean, I'm, I'm a little surprised at who's like, oh, my gosh, I knew it was her. You guys could have just asked me. Um, some of you did, but not everybody. But I'm super happy that people are excited that it's me because, I mean, I don't want to be a disappointment to anyone. I'm sure I have, I am for somebody, but I'm very happy that people are excited that it's me and that we, we get to do this together. So, yay. I, I can't imagine that being a disappointment for anybody who, who has any interaction <laughs> with us on social media. Maybe. So. I can't imagine anyway. Um, so... <laughs> So yeah, so I this is this has been super exciting. I am really glad that we're finally able to talk some law. Yeah, yes. law. And I've got a great case for you, Mark. You have a great case for me. I do. I, I have. It's it's awesome. So Teresa, she's a sales lady in the construction industry. She is selling rentals for construction equipment like Bobcats and forklifts and. I think even dump trucks and stuff like that. So she's a woman in the construction industry. So, so already she's got, you know, she's got to have skin of titanium, right? Because she's in the construction industry. I grew up in the construction industry and I, I get that there is this stereotype. And in some cases it's true, but she's a sales sure. lady. She's so good at her job that she doubles okay. the revenue, like doubles the revenue for the company in the first year. Okay. So oh, she's that's doing, amazing. Yeah. She's great. I mean, Unless they were like ten dollars, now it's twenty. <laughs> well, still, I mean, it. She single handedly doubles the revenue. Doubles as, it. That's as, awesome. Yeah, awesome. That's awesome. But her boss, the CEO, Charles, aka Chuck, if you will, he's a real charmer, and he starts making some really disgusting comments to her, saying that she has a racehorse ass. Um, she's told oh. that she shouldn't. Yeah, that she shouldn't wear a bikini because you, your ass is so big that if there was an eclipse, no one would see the, any sun. Um, she's oh. making too, yeah, she's making too much oh. damn money for a woman. You get the traditional gender comments like she's a dumbass woman um, and that, you know, she shouldn't be doing this. Her husband should be making her money for her. Um, when it's time to negotiate a raise for her, he says we should go to the Holiday Inn to negotiate your raise. That those kinds of oh, comments. How enlightened! That are just the typical yeah. sort of of manager that we get on this podcast. Yes, I mean he's I'm just thankful so for them only lovely. because it allows us to have a podcast. 
Right, right, right. And, you know, in response to these comments, in, Teresa gets really nervous. She starts shaking. She gets chronic insomnia. And in order to sleep at night, she starts drinking heavily. And this causes, you know, alienation from her family. Things sure. aren't going very well. But her whole livelihood is built into this business because her husband starts a business and gets a loan from Chuck, her boss. Um, and so everything starts to be interconnected. So she feels like she has to tolerate the behavior because if she was to quit, then she will lose all of this money. Like her, her financial would collapse, right? Sure. So at one point in time, she decides, you know, I have to go in and say something. I'm, she's gonna, she goes in, she threatens to quit. And Chuck says, oh, I was just trying to treat you like one of the boys. Um, I won't make those com comments anymore. And it, yeah, because that's what I'll, you say I'll to the boys, good. right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So he makes this promise and she's thinking to herself, you know, I really don't want to risk this. So she's like, I'll, I'll just take it. He's made the promise. We'll go for it. But about two weeks later, he says the following. She lands a big client, and his response was, what did you do, Teresa? Promise the guy some bugger on a Saturday night? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, first of all, just cliche and, like, uh, how it this is. Yeah. Sounds very 80s. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 80s, 80s movie. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. All yeah. right. Hold that thought, okay? Okay. So she finally is done. She's like, I can't take it anymore. I've been humiliated. You know, because she's really proud of her job, right? She's done really well for this particular company, and she's proud of herself, sure. but she can't take the behavior anymore. As so she, she quits. Right. She quits. Okay, well, so she, she steps out. Yeah. And when she quits, the CEO then calls in the loan from her husband. Um, her husband's business starts to collapse. And things get really bad for her overall. So she finds a lawyer that she goes to and says, you know, I think I have this sexual harassment case. And his response was, oh, we can try it, but I'm not sure that you're going to win. Even with all of this conduct, Even with all of those sure. facts? That's crazy. Yeah, he's not sure. And the okay. reason he's not sure is this is in the Sixth Circuit. And... There had been a case where a woman brought a claim that her supervisor said things like whores, said the C word repeatedly, um, called them pussies, referenced tits, all that kind of lovely stuff, said all that bitch needs is a good lay, like naked women pics all over. And that case doesn't succeed. What? Wait, what? Even, <laughs> with even those facts, I, that case doesn't succeed. Right? Are you sure we're in the United States of America here? Yep, I am. But we're you in the 1980s. Oh, we're in the 1980s. Yeah. This was before some things happened then. Yeah, this, uh, at the time, the Sixth Circuit and many other circuits at the time had held that because there's no psychological damage to this particular plaintiff, it can't be a actionable sexual harassment claim. Right. And so, okay. So this is the standard that we're familiar with that predates certain cases that came out uh, yeah. in the in the early 90s, if I recall. Yes, in the early 90s. And, you know, Teresa was, you know, with big insomnia, 
uh, shaking and nervousness. And she goes to the doctor and the doctor says there's nothing wrong with her and gives her some tranquilizers and some sleeping pills. But that doesn't qualify as a psychological trauma for yeah, right. Now we know that that uh, would definitely be a psychological problems. But in the 80s, that wasn't it. And so her attorney's not entirely sure they're going to win. So he bring they go shocking. Yeah, they go. They lose at this district court level. They appeal to the circuit. They lose again. And her attorney asks her, you know, do you want to go to the Supreme Court? Not sure we're going to do great here, but, you know, we could try to go to the Supreme Court. So while she's considering going to the Supreme Court, she decides to meet with Chuck at a restaurant with a former co-worker. Okay, now, okay. you and I would never recommend that the no, two this parties... No, this, this is not advice we would give. Oh, definitely not. But she decides to go with his former co-worker. And she goes... Okay. And he, he says to her, you know, what would it take for this case to go away? And she thinks about it for a second, and she says, $25,000, oh. which is a steal. Right. right? No, that's even, even, in 19- even in the 80s, that's a steal for a case with these facts. Exactly. Notwithstanding, um, though, that the standard's different. The standard's different. We get that. But, like, to settle a case these days, there are very few cases that are going to settle for less than that. Yeah, and in... in some places, $25,000 with these particular facts, that's a steal. That is, you know, a nuisance value to get rid of it because partly because sure. attorneys cost so much, right? But Absolutely. he gets, Chuck loses his shit. He's like, starts saying really nasty things to her, saying that he's going to wear her out, um, going through court, like, this will never die. He's never going to let this go. He won't settle the case. And her response, okay. I want to read her response because it is so awesome. I said to him, I will sell every fucking thing I own. I will not stop. And I looked at him and I said, I'm talking Sandra fucking Day O'Connor. Okay. So then she tells her attorney, that's, that's we're going to Supreme Court. I mean, I, I really like, what was her name? Teresa? Teresa. Yeah. Right. Like Teresa has found her passion. Now in this meantime, she can't take her YouTube. Can I ask yeah. you a question? Does Teresa have a last name? Yes. Do you want to know what it is? You can't. What's her last name? Harris. I'm talking about Harris versus Forklift Systems. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. I was like, this sounds really familiar, and this is right around that time. I just never knew. I don't think I ever knew her first name. Okay. So we're doing a classic. Yeah. I love this. We're doing a classic. Okay, so she decides to go to Supreme Court, and guess yeah. who one of the newest Supreme Court justices are or is? is. Um, well, let's think that would be Clarence Thomas, right about then. Yes, and what? Okay, you know, I was just listening to a Thomas. podcast. Yeah, I was just listening to a podcast yesterday. One of my favorite po- podcasts is called The Dollop. Certainly not for listening with your kids around, and they tell stories of American history. And just last week, they did an hour and a half episode on Clarence Thomas and all of all of the workplace things he did. So, wow, what timing on this and oh my god, what a sleazy man. Yeah, oh, for sure. But th- yeah. I mean, think of the allegations that were against Clarence right. Thomas, the coke can, the conversations it, it, about porn. It's similar in a said, lot of ways. It's very similar to a lot of what Chuck is saying to Teresa. Like there's there yeah. are a lot of similarities. So now 
she's going out in front of the U.S. Supreme Court with this justice on the sitting on the bench who has just been promoted, for lack of a better word, to being Supreme right. Court justice with all of these allegations. And, you know, everybody and their mother joined oh amicus on this case, right? Like yeah. the EEOC joined in. Huge. There are a bunch of women. Yeah, a huge, like this case got a lot of attention because mm -hmm. the question before the court was, is a plaintiff a sec in a sexual harassment case also required to prove in order to prevail that she suffered a severe psychological injury? Right. So okay. Title and VII so only applies if you've had a mental breakdown. Right, which is crazy and not in the statute that I'm aware of. No, no. And so writing for— So this is, for, this is a circuit split? So there's certain circuits that are saying this and other circuits with different standards. Am I, am I remembering yeah, this correctly? I think, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's okay. right. So now you've got Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you've got Stevens, you've got Clarence Thomas, you've got Kennedy and Rehnquist, all on this court, and the decision is unanimous. It's unanimous. I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah, totally okay. unanimous. And the answer is no, a plaintiff does not need to have a of course. injury, right? Yes. It is, would a reasonable person find this conduct to be so severe and pervasive that the work environment has become right. hostile? So or Harris, Harris v. Forklift is where the severe and pervasive standard comes from, the one that we all still use, most of us, many of us still use today, at least federally. Yep. Um, yeah, that is where that standard comes from. And it's something that you've heard us talk about so much in past episodes of the podcast. Uh, and so now we know the derivation of that and it's judge made, it's court made. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you want to know my favorite fact of this? Who wrote the decision? Oh, well, I'm just going to go out on a limb on this one because I, there, I think there was some foreshadowing before. I bet it was Sandra Day. It was Sandra Day O'Connor. So she, like, Teresa makes this big threat, like she's going to go talk to Sandra Day O'Connor, right. and then Sandra Day O'Connor writes the actual decision. And so this standard of, you know, a reasonable person finding it so severe and pervasive comes from Harris. And it's really interesting because prior to Harris, requiring this psychological injury was a really high standard. That's a, it's and now insanely today, high. Yeah. And today we look at, you know, severe and pervasive as being the too insanely high standard. High. Yeah. All right. So for listeners mm -hmm. who are new for us or who haven't been doing this for very long, how do we describe severe and pervasive as a standard? Right. Because if there's a takeaway, this is where we are in most of the world, most of the world, the United States world, most of the U.S. <laughs> world. Yeah. Um, this is still where the standard sits today. Those of you in California, New York, maybe um, tune this part out. But uh <laughs> uh, so when we talk about severe or pervasive as a standard, does that mean, how does, what, first of all, what does pervasive mean? We've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, I think it's time. It's been a year plus since we've talked about it. What, what's, what does the word pervasive mean? And see, I look at it as it's in the eye of whatever the judge thinks. Well, sure, sure, sure. But I'm just talking like, let's step back, like dictionary. What does pervasive mean? <laughs> right. It happens repeatedly, right? Like it's. Or it's it's, it's, it's like all-encompassing. Yeah. It permeates the environment. It's pervasive. It's yep. everywhere. You see it everywhere. So when we say severe or pervasive, what we're really talking about is a sliding scale of sorts, right? So mm -hmm. um, again, I don't want to oversimplify because it really often just comes down to what does the judge think? Okay, so like let's just mm -hmm. 
call that out. But the way we think about this is one thing that's severe could be enough, right? When we talk about the obvious things, a physical assault, a sexual assault, right? Those are severe in and of themselves one time. That's all it takes, right? Right. What about a pat on the bottom? Well, and see, that's where we, it's not necessarily so clear. Right. It's, oh, I'm not saying this is clear at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it was clear, you and I wouldn't have a job because we would already know that we'd be able to say, here's the black line. Don't let this happen. Right. Like that's, but it is so subjective. It's Mm -hmm. so dependent on what the judge thinks. I mean, even recently in the a circuit, we just had a decision where the supervisor was massaging shoulders and saying he could get her at any time he wanted. And that wasn't severe and pervasive. Right. Right. So see, and I would say that if that's the sort of thing that happens over and over again, maybe one time that's not severe enough to get you there. But if it's happening all the time, then it's clearly pervasive. And I like to think of it that, you know, you've got severe here and you've got pervasive here, and there's kind of a diagonal line that kind of cuts down between the two of them. And the more pervasive something is, the less severe it needs to be to get there, right? That's the way kind of my lawyer brain tries to parse this, but you can't always predict what the judge is going to say. And you can base, try to base it on what past cases have shown, but they're all over the map. And, and it's very much all over the map from different circuit to different circuit and from different state to different state. So it's one of those situations. It, it, yeah, it's and it's something that we would never advise a client to say this, right? Like one tap on the bottom, you and I would be saying that guy's got to go. Of course. Like, like we're not going right. to tolerate that behavior. So, we, and we would like if someone said the C word in the office, uh-uh, no, that's we're, it. we're out like these kinds. Yeah, there's there's things that we would say to a client. Let's not use the legal standard because that is not con- even conducive right. to a work environment. Right. And the A circuit would say it's not their role to be a super HR department, right? They're not there to clean up the area. And in fact, in right. the Sixth Circuit case I referenced with um, Teresa's case, the Rabino case, yeah. it was we're not here to clean up the workplace. Title Seven's not here to clean up the workplace. Is what the Sixth Circuit was saying, and. I think it is. This Title Seven is there to say this isn't what should be in a workplace. This should be cleaning right. up this workplace right. for everyone. So it's it's kind of amazing how this there's been this evolution, and now we're still mm-hmm. talking about should we still keep this severe and pervasive standard because right. it's not necessarily doing enough to make workplaces better. Right. And so we're starting to see some states legislate this because we're not going to see any action on that on the federal level uh, currently. But we're starting to see states like New York, California. I know your home state of Minnesota is talking about this, uh, about eliminating severe and pervasive from their statutory language. Where that leaves those states, though, is going to be really interesting because we don't know what the actual standard that's created by that is. And it's going to be up to the state courts and litigation to figure that out. And you'll have cases that maybe didn't yeah. meet that severe or pervasive standard before that are over the line now. And how are the courts going to decide that? What's the standard? And so employers are left like, what the heck are we supposed to do? Well, I'll tell you what you're supposed to do. Don't let any of it happen. Yeah, exactly. It's Just actually, stop it and distract It's people. actually an easy answer uh, from that perspective, right? And so when I do trainings, right, I always talk about severe and pervasive. A lot of people don't. I like to because I like to say this is this is the law. This is the framework. These are the things that the government and the law wants you to not do. But that's a minimum standard. 
your company, mm-hmm. whoever it is I'm training, you don't have the minimum standard. First of all, I take, no, I then take we... their policy and I put it up on the screen and their own policy and say, this is not severe and pervasive standard. This is don't do anything dumb standard, right? <laughs> and, yes, this is the, yeah. And that's, we, we want this to be a respectful workplace. Right. We're not going to tolerate this behavior from the get-go. We're going to lower this bar. I mean, it is really hard to be up here and meet the legal standard. Right. We're, we know even the littlest of things hamper our ability to do our job well and treat each other well. So we're not going to tolerate that behavior. That's exactly what I say in training. Yeah. We're, we're, we're entirely on the same page. So on that shocking. <laughs> yes. But this, I, this is kind of a fascinating case because this from this evolution. And I get like some of these other facts, like what, she, what she's saying mm-hmm. to Chuck in the restaurant yeah. is, is from a very great book. Um, by Jillian Anderson, who, or Jillian Thomas, and Jillian is the uh, women's chair of the ACLU. So she runs the Women's Law Project for the ACLU. And she wrote this great book that gives you a lot more of the flushing out of the case, the case because the uh, Justice O'Connor's, yeah, Justice O'Connor's decision doesn't give you a lot of that. No, it's I, pretty light on facts, if I recall. Why, yeah. but yeah, but it's, it's interesting to see where the evolution of where this came from. Well, I would love it. If I think this was a great case to start off with, I, I appreciate it. That was very well chosen. And I think it might be fun, maybe not for every week, but over the course of the first however many episodes, maybe it's worth us going back and talking about some of the big cases and examining those fact patterns because the stories are still great. Um, they still mm-hmm. fit the theme of the podcast, but it will help us talk <laughs> about really where do these standards come from? How do we get there? And how does that relate to society today, right? Because what what was decided in the '90s with this case uh, really fit what maybe people were thinking then. We lowered the standard to a place where today I don't know that that cuts it anymore, uh, given where society is today. Right. Um, I, I'm sure we might get some listeners saying, "No, absolutely, that's actually the right standard still." And you know, I don't think that you and I agree with that, but I think that that's still a debate that we're having as a a society. But I think the needle has moved. And I think even the courts are moving and taking most areas a little more liberal view of what is severe or pervasive and more things would qualify today than maybe 20 years ago. So, and then... Yeah, this was the Eighth eighth Circuit decision. I mean, really gives a lot of oomph to this idea that we have to change that standard. Because if I can rub your shoulders and say, I can get you whenever I want, well, that should definitely not be tolerated in the workplace. And I think that at least gets close to that Title VII line, or or certainly I would say it it crosses the line for the Minnesota Human Rights Act. But in states that don't have their own individual human rights or civil rights acts, what is that going to mean for those employees? So this, this is going to be right. an interesting transition while we go through this period. I agree. Well, that was a great case to start with. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break and we'll be back. We have our first new listener story to read Yay! and it's it's worthy of our first episode. It's <laughs> truly worthy. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. We are ready for our first listener submitted Yay. story. Thank you. Um, 
Uh, we've gotten, we put out a call. I've got about four stories now. Uh, we Yay. need more stories. So please email those to hwepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this is really, in a lot of ways, a listener-driven podcast. Uh, so please, you know, we're trying to do some more with it. So your stories are great. We need those. We also want you to send us your your comments, your questions. Maybe we'll do, like, if we get enough questions, we can just do, like, Mark and Kate Answer Questions podcast. Like, that would yeah. be fun. And yeah. we want to know what's interesting for you, and we want to tailor the content to those of you who are listening. So uh, super important Remember the email address, hwepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and I'm just going to kind of dig into this story here. And I'm going to read the intro here. So, hi, Mark and mystery co-host. Uh, <laughs> right? Like, uh, that dates it already. Uh, on the day that I saw the LinkedIn posting that the podcast was returning, someone also shared this email with me. Since I consider that to be fate, I thought I had to share. <laughs> this is an ex-Marine HR manager for a medical practice. About a month after being terminated, he sent this email to everyone, or at least it looks that way based on a very long list of recipients. Uh, so I sent it to everybody in the practice. This is the perfect example of what not to do as an HR professional, no matter how bad things get. I ch changed the names in the email to protect the innocent, and I will just add, or not so innocent. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. Okay. So, all right. So this is where the email starts. Uh, up until now, I never got the chance to write my official resignation from the position of human resources manager at Redacted. I know this is lengthy, but allow me to enlighten you. Before I get started, know that I will be uploading this Google, uh, uploading this on Google, uh, so you can all read it at your leisure. Many of you, oh, smiley face. Many of wow. you have been reaching out to me asking how I'm doing. So here it is. Over the duration of my brief career at Redacted, I have had the pleasure of working with several extraordinary people who have aided in my development as a professional, but more importantly, as a man. Oh no! Working... Oh no, yeah. Working... <laughs> okay. working with these select few, which I will not name, is what accounted for a temporarily rewarding experience. However, I have also had the displeasure of crossing paths with some of the most incompetent, toxic, and two-faced individuals anyone can ever hope to come across. Unfortunately, the ones leaving a positive impact were underwhelmingly scarce in number. Okay. So the bad we're workplace. already off to a good start here. So next paragraph <laughs> good is directed to relative. Okay. Right. Next paragraph is is directed to Susie, last name redacted. You were one of the positive aspects of coming into work that made it enjoyable. You injected yourself into my life, and despite the fact that you cheated on your husband and have a notoriously poor reputation among the members of the Syrian community, I let you in. <gasps> <laughs> but I soon realized that I couldn't give you what you were looking for. I couldn't fulfill the neediness of a woman desperate for the undying attention for the first man that would lay his hands on her. Nor... <gasps> Nor could I do you any special favors as the HR manager, such as changing your card time when you, quote-unquote, forgot to clock in or out, which seemed to happen an awful amount of times. While I could shame you further by describing what you and I did in my office together, out of respect for your parents, I will not. 
you have a support. Mm. This is one of those moments, everybody, where it's worth turning on the video and going to YouTube <laughs> or Facebook to see Kate's reactions as I read this. That's one of the main reasons why we decided to do this in the first place. I'm just, um, just going to point that out. Um, I, I have the camera trained only on her right now for this, just because <laughs> I know, I know what, I know what happens. It's All right. going to happen. Uh, you have a supportive family and good friends around you. Cherish them and don't abuse their trust as you did mine. The manner in which you would speak about your coworkers, ex-husband, and others around you assured me that you would inevitably do the same to me once we were to break it off. I'll just note, spelled break like a car break. Um, I always, <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for spelling, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I always treated you kindly and with the utmost respect, but your reputation precedes you. I strongly advise that you work on developing yourself from the weak and self-loathing woman that you are into a strong, independent woman that you might have the potential of becoming. If you can't find the strength to do it for yourself, do it for your son. Susie, <gasps> I fundamentally believe that people only learn through adversity and hardship, and so I hope that you can take something from this, as I have, and not view me as ever having been spiteful towards you. I wish you all the best and hope that you get to wherever it is you want to be. Okay, so it's super condescending. I treated you with your respect, but we did something in my office that I won't share because it'll hurt your parents. But I'm wow, telling everybody that it happened. A... Right, exactly. Oh, this guy's a piece of work. Okay. All right. I can't wait for the next one. Okay, Marie and John. Oh, so now we have a threesome, a throuple well, in the office? We'll see, we'll see. All right. There's a significant difference between a boss and a leader. I agree with that. A boss okay. is a jackass who barks orders without providing direction while using their authority to put others on their knees. A leader is someone who will take your hand and show you the way. Marie... You have continually failed to set any expectations for anyone and provided no guidance or assistance with building people up with sorry with building people up to allow them to grow, develop and advance as both professionals as and men and women. As the higher up Marie, it is your responsibility and duty to lead by example, but you consistently come in late, use your phone for personal matters, park your park the vehicle your weak husband bought you in the patient's lot. And yet you had the nerve to ask me to reprimand the staff. You have attempted to micromanage me in every conceivable way, uh, as you have with so many others within this faceless company. You and John attempted to terminate me with no valid explanation or reason other than the fact that you couldn't place a, a leash around my neck and control me as you do everyone else. I refused Hold to- Hold up. He's yeah. having a, an affair with Susie. Good reason for his termination? What? I'm just saying. I mean, he's okay. just saying. He's just saying. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, you stopped me at a really good spot here. All right. <laughs> no, that's good. I no, like I love. Uh, yeah. Um, I refused to be your bitch and manservant like James, and for that very reason, you pinpointed every insignificant detail about the work I perform. From the lights in my office to the angle at which my door was closed, my cologne, my beautiful flag, my sleek hair, and everything else you thought of while dwelling on the toilet. <laughs> yes! Okay, I now have a great mental image of this sleeked back, super smelly dude in the workplace. Okay. Yeah, with yeah. a beautiful flag. I want to know what kind of flag. Um, <laughs> all right. 
you never asked yourself why Rachel and Sharon left the company. It was because of you and your inability to trust those you consider beneath you. Whoever you bring in after me will sadly experience the same shit I had to endure from you. You will eventually chase everybody away from you, Maria, and then you'll scratch your empty head wondering why. You suggested to me we terminate two employees on maternity leave. You gave me shit any time I went out of my way to use the company credit card for a team member who fell ill. You expected me to write up anyone who left. Oh. Right, no. Okay, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Please. Your use thoughts on that? the company credit card for someone who is ill? Yeah, I mean. What does that mean? Oh, I, I mean, I, I'd go and use the company credit card to pay for somebody's medical bills, wouldn't you? Wow. I mean, okay, I don't know. I... How do you justify that charge? Oh, I needed to get her some Robitussin or a pregnancy test. Like, what is he buying? Oh, my God. Uh, okay. I don't know. It's awesome. <laughs> um, this dude does not be in HR. Let me tell you that much. Okay. Right. All right. You expected me to write up anyone who left prior to five and those I saw on their phone. Your only concern is on wiping the doctor's ass, or I just remember it's a medical clinic, and making sure their needs are met, but everyone else is but a pest to you. I never ha understood how you, a doctor, could not multiply eight times five. That again explains why you're not practicing. Smiley face. I know the answer to that, by the way. Uh, I went to law school, not math school, and I know the answer is 40. That's, that's good. I mean, that's helpful oh. for an employment attorney, right? I mean... <laughs> that eight hours five days a week is 40, 40 hours mm -hmm. yeah that's I, how i know that yeah. you told me i was being terminated because i did not email you fast enough or that i had to take an extra semester of school does that make sense a practice with doctors who have extended their education for over a decade wish to terminate me because i chose to pursue my own marie you have not once looked for any way or method to increase the staff's salary vacation time or shit for that matter i want to know what he means by that <laughs> he like, wants to expand their shit I right. mean, provide fiber or flaxseed right or what? i mean staff salary i get that <laughs> vacation time mm -hmm. i get that get that but expanding the shit mm, i don't know <laughs> You'll gladly pay $300 for pizza for the doctors, but not towards a staff member's hourly rate, hourly wage. Ladies, rest assured that I absolutely had every intention of giving you all more money, creating a PTO system based on trust, which is why you receive it in increments the way you do. The company does not trust you enough to give you all your PTO hours at once. And to make coming to work more enjoyable and pleasant, despite Marie running around the office like a headless chicken. John, okay. you told me that we had to wrap things up as you escorted me out because you had uh, you had a family to go, uh, quote unquote, a family to go home to. I was in battle at the age of 18, fighting in a savage land for months, away from my family, fighting for your way of life, you dog. John. You're a savage land? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Right? Okay. It's very woke. Um, John, when you... Karen, myself, were speaking to a doctor about her language and attitude towards an MA, or medical assistant. Do you recall what you said? Quote, this is not their practice and are not as educated as we are. They come and go like the wind. They're all replaceable, end quote. 
Shame oh, on you, you Our people donkey. are our greatest asset. Our people are our greatest asset, <laughs> Our greatest right? asset. Um, shame uh-huh. on you, you donkey. <laughs> well, come on. If we're expanding their shit, you can at least call them an ass. Right? <laughs> oh, okay. The one facet I've noticed about a handful of you doctors is that your only care in the world is money. You sit there on your lazy ass, pass a fake hi, how are you, to a patient, then resume your online shopping because you have nothing better to do with your time. Uh, Medical assistants and nurses. To all you medical assistants and nurses, you all were the reason why I stayed as long as I have. I enjoyed getting to know you all, and even though several of you had far too much time on your hands to be fabricating gossip and rumors like 12-year-old girls, I hope your lives become more interesting and purposeful to where you don't feel the need to do that no longer. Double negative there. Um, Mm -hmm. In the end, there are only two things that matter in this world, your health and your happiness. I implore each and every one of you to find that happiness by any means. If you are unhappy or dissatisfied with your job, if you don't feel appreciated, if you hate coming to work each and every day like a mindless corpse, then I encourage you all to change that. By any means and mindless corpse? Oh, gosh, I hope this is not my doctor's office. <laughs> the practice is paying you all the bare fucking minimum. And, and I love this. It's bear, B-E-A-R, like a grizzly bear. Um, <laughs> So the bear fucking, I'm all excited. When I read this, I was like, oh, like, I think of two bears doing it. All right. Um, Priscilla, you are an amazing worker and a wonderful person. And after 20 fucking years of service, the company gives you a raise of one goddamn, go- uh, one goddamn dollar, four exclamation points. Believe me, there are potheads working at Chick-fil-A, sadly earning more than some of you. Y'all are better than that. So don't you dare settle for mediocrity. Take some risks and get out there and find yourselves. To those of you who've treated me kindly and supported me, I sincerely thank you and am proud to have crossed paths with you. You know who you are. I love that line. You know who you are. And know Mm -hmm. that you may always reach out to me should you ever need anything. This includes, but is not limited to, help seeking employment (laughs) elsewhere. Smiley face. Okay. If I could, I would hire all you, or sorry, I would hire you all to work alongside me in my company. Now we're talking about- Don't go work there, people. Now don't go work there, people. No, don't, don't, don't. Um, now we're talking <laughs> about someone named Michael. Uh, Michael, I lost all respect for you the moment you decided to cower and hide your face and follow an airhead like Marie to do something you should have taken responsibility for. Margaret, Karen, and James, y'all are decent people but you're cowards to your very core. (laughs) But they're decent, but cowards. None of you ever Uh supported me Uh and are only good at taking it up the ass from Lisa to save your job. We heard about Lisa before. I I mean, I thought Marie was the bad actor, but now we got Lisa. Uh, Yeah. Karen, when you said that- And they might actually have- we might actually have anal probes at this office, Uh, so taking up the ass could be literal. could be literal. Oh my gosh. (laughs) sorry no i you're 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 settling in well at the hostile work environment case (laughs) um uh karen (laughs) when you said that james and i shouldn't be earning as much as someone older than we guess what i don't have to wait till i'm 60 to retire i could do it now if i so pleased if there's one thing this company has taught me it's just how much i value and cherish my freedom 
I will be the master of my own fate and pave the road I walk on. Don't ever think your job is permanent, ladies. They will replace you with the drop of a hat. Lastly, for those of you who think you've bested me in any way, shape, or form, I encourage you to reevaluate your own mediocre lives before falsely convincing yourselves that you were ever satisfied. Then he signs, signs it, I will not read his name. Oh my goodness. Well, couple of things. One, this dude needs to get out of HR. Well, yeah, I mean. And for sure. I mean, I, I can't imagine any department at any standard company where he would be a, doing an okay job, but I think he should spend spending more time with numbers than actual people. Right. Let me put it that way. Uh, second, there are plenty of things wrong at this particular practice, if there's an ounce of truth to what his, his allegations are, but this is not and how you go about them. This is, right, I mean, there's problems in every workplace. Right? Yeah. And it's it, it's helpful, especially in HR, to be someone who's there to try to solve those problems, even if you're caught up in those same problems yourself. And in HR, many of us have experienced that as well. Uh, but you still do your best and you still try it. But then you don't, you don't burn, right? Like you don't go public with that. You don't put your name out there with something like that because nobody will ever hire you again if they get catch any wind of that. And so, you know, you're trying to model professionalism and there's there's hints of that in there where he's trying to do the right thing, sometimes well and sometimes not so well. But after writing something like that, I mean, that's just that's just the biggest F you I've heard as a post-employment. Yeah. And imagine if he posted this on like Facebook or something, right? If he put it on Google right. Docs and then he put it on there and then his Facebook was public or something and a, a recruiter saw it, everyone right. is going to... He is a pariah now. Well, and um, I've seen it with the real name of this individual. So it's out there with the real name on it still. And it's if it got to us, it's getting around. So mm. it's just crazy. And I, like, I mean, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is super juicy. So it's good for be, us. Bef but... Before this, the, 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 best, the best departing email I ever saw at a company, I don't know if you've ever had any, any good winners on that. The best I ever saw was when Dennis left the law firm we used to work at. Uh, and instead of, <laughs> uh, instead of doing this, he wrote this very lovely email that had some links in it. And each of the links went to something funny, including, uh, Rick Roll. And he Rick Rolled nice. the entire law firm, which was awesome. <laughs> this is back, you know, yeah. 10 plus years ago when Rick Rolling was still like a super fun thing that not everybody had seen yet. Uh, mm -hmm. so that was awesome. But this, sorry, Dennis, this just puts you to shame. Yeah, I'm, the best I've seen is somebody delivering the I quit cake, right? Like the cake gets oh, there with balloons yeah, yeah, yeah. and says I quit mm -hmm. from, you know, yep. Jordan I've or something. Yeah, those are those are good. But oh, this was not the way to do it. And I, I right. get leaving a place very angry. I understand that. But there is still yeah. the what does it look like if somebody saw this? Or what if it was on the headlines of the New York Times or on a podcast with, you know, a bunch of HR people? Ooh, right. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> not great, but a great story. That was that was fantastic, wasn't it? Uh, and I mm -hmm. am so appreciative of our listener who sent that to us. Um, if you have stories like that, please send them to us at hwepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, we want more of those. Like we know they're out there. We also know that it's hard sometimes to reveal information. So. You know, you can feel free to change facts or change 
names or whatever to make it a little less identifiable and we'll always keep it anonymous so unless you tell us you want us to read your name we'll always keep it anonymous uh and but we if you liked that help us keep it going by sending us more um please 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 all right so um <laughs> i think it's time to wrap this up just we, we we set a target of 30 minutes for new episodes where i know we're pushing like 45 right now so uh we're gonna wrap <laughs> this up um Ways to reach mm -hmm. us, um, Twitter. We're both on there a lot. Uh, the podcast mm -hmm. uh, Twitter account is at HWE Podcast. Um, Kate, your Twitter? I'm at K8Bish, B-I-S-C-H, at, or wait, hold on. I'm <laughs> K8B-I-S-C-H-H-R-Law. So that works. Ugh. I know I picked a bad handle. It, it's okay. It's all right. And I was going to say, we'll, just, we'll edit that <laughs> out, but then we never do. Um, and I'm at Salad Pants, like salad and pants. Um, uh, you Again, mm -hmm. email us at hwepodcast at gmail.com. We're putting video of these up on our Facebook page and on our YouTube page. Facebook page is facebook.com slash hwepodcast. And YouTube, the link is below in the show notes or wherever you're getting this. You can get it in the show notes. Um, we're easy to find. Just look for the Hostile Work Environment uh, channel on YouTube. And obviously, both of us are on LinkedIn and other places on social. Um, we appreciate you listening. Please, we're just getting going again. We're super uh, encouraged by the number of downloads we're already seeing on our episode zero this morning. Uh, and we appreciate all of you for listening. Please tell your friends and anybody else and your coworkers uh, who might be interested in listening, who likes stories, but also maybe nerding out a little bit on the law. So, uh, Kate, any parting words? No, I'm so excited to be doing this with you. I'm really happy that people are excited about listening to it too. And please go out and share it. If you're at a chapter meeting or if you're with other folks you think might find it really funny, please share it. It's super, super funny. All right. All right. We'll see everybody next week uh, when we come out with our next episode.